Welcome back all to another episode of We The Scenario. I'm your host, Tony Siona, alongside the incomparable Miss Maggie B. Thanksgiving was a blessing for those in the educational field. We actually got to enjoy a week with our families, and it was definitely needed. We at We The Scenario hope everyone had a chance to enjoy each other, even with all these restrictions that we had in place. Uh, today, we are honored to have a very special guest today, Clinical Research Program Coordinator of the Institute of Genomic Medicine for the Nationwide Children's Hospital, VP of Health, and cultural competence and alumni of Franklin University, as well as Xavier University, which seems all of our guests went to Xavier University. Please join us in welcoming Sir Frank Aaron Brunson. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> as we get going, I'm gonna let Ms. Maggie B take the floor. Ma'am, on you. Nice. Um, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us today. Um, to get started, can you just tell us um, a little bit about yourself and why you decided to join us today on We The Scenario? All right. Uh, thanks for having me once again. Uh, Tone made me sound look good on, on paper, so I was like, hey, I appreciate it. Um, um, well, uh, Dwayne asked me to uh, uh, join, and I was like, hey, that's a great idea, a great uh, thing that's going on, and I really wanted to you know, be able to uh, talk to the youth or talk to anybody who wants to listen, uh, speak to somebody and just tell them what, you know, my journey and where I'm at in life and how I got here. And, you know, if anything, if it helps somebody out, I hope it does one day. I mean, if I can anytime, I, uh, that, that'd be great. You know, I was always want to, uh, anything in life I want to be able to do is help somebody and uh, to reach a goal. And if they have any questions, they can always hit me up and um, I'm here. So I'm open ear and I appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs> Awesome. Yep. We're yeah. all, we're all in that boat. I think just wanting yeah. to help. That's great. Um, yeah. So what drove you to pursue your doctorate in pharmacology and what was the education pathway to get there? I imagine it was pretty long. <laughs> it took me a long time. Um, uh, well, when I was younger, um, I came from a, a decent family. We, my parents went to college um, and they always instilled in me to go to college, you know, and um, if you want to pursue something further, then do that. But I mean, I think at one point in life, my parents never said uh, they was always expected to go to college. Um, so I was grateful for that. But when I was younger, um, I wanted to be a pediatrician. I always loved being around kids, um, helping people out, you know, uh, that was my main goal. So um, in high school, um, I worked uh, in for our local grocery store, Kroger. I don't know if you guys have that, but uh, Kroger. Um, I worked for Kroger and I worked um, in the pharmacy. So I got affiliated with the pharmacy background and how that was going. So going into college, I was like, well, you know, pediatrics. So I was like, hey, you know, what's what's up? I mean, I like both. So I decided to attend uh, Xavier University, uh, the great XU, Xavier University of Louisiana. I, I loved it. Um, uh, you know, it was just uh, when I went to go visit my senior year, I just felt at home. That's the big thing. Like when I got there, it was like uh, I knew that that was a place for me. And I knew at the time when I was in high school, I was going to go to HBCU. But uh, my senior year is when I uh, visited uh, Xavier. And uh, when I like I said, when I got there, it was just a uh, it was just a home experience. It felt like this is what the I was supposed to be. Uh, when, I, when I attended Xavier, I was a biology pre-med major. So I was still on the route of going to pediatric uh, medicine. Um, and by the time my you know, junior year, I was working back in a pharmacy down uh, in uh, New Orleans in the Walgreens. And you know, I was talking to some mentors and they were just saying like, what do you wanna do? Do you wanna go to uh, med school or do you wanna go to pharmacy school? Um, 
my like the med school route was you know was still in my mind but a lot of people were leaning toward leaning me toward pharmacy and my heart was leaning toward pharmacy at the time so i chose pharmacy school uh, when i got to pharmacy school it took me an extra year it took it was four years long took me five but hey i finished <laughs> um but and i enjoyed my i was around good people you know i enjoyed like i said when i was at xavier I felt at home. I met uh, great relationships that I have to this day. I mean, I can go through my phone and tell you like um, like in my group chats where I have, you know, people who are uh, just, you know, doing well in life, you know, doctors, lawyers, um, uh, scientists, you know, PhDs, you know, just going on, on down the board. Um, and um, I'm blessed to be able to have them as friends and uh, companions, you know, so so that's my my journey. <laughs> nice yeah like uh -huh. like Tone said at the beginning we've had so many guests from Xavier obviously uh -huh. since Tone is our director um and John on the call right now also went to Xavier and was a bio pre-med major so yeah um so you mentioned having mentors when you were at Xavier so what role has mentoring played in your life I noticed on your resume that you have experience as a student mentor with big brothers and big sisters yeah um that was mentoring has been a big part of my life um when I was younger, I was part of mentoring student athletes. I played sports in high school. I played basketball, baseball. Um, um, so I was part of this mentoring student athletes program. And um, I felt like when I was in that program, um, I received a lot of information that I probably wouldn't know, like from uh, people who were not my parents, but uh, or like just I would guess young adults at the time because they were considered they were they were in their mid twenties um, at the time when I was in high school. So you know you looked up to them and you got to see like hey you know they tell me about how college went for them and uh, with some of them played sports in college um, and just to understand like what college is like what life is like outside of college you know once you get on the other side of that you know so just growing into um, into that um, that field and what you will, what you want to do but I feel like it, it helped me grow as a, a young adult into a man. Nice. Um, so how did you manage uh, your time and your education and all your other activities and being social, all of that throughout your time in college and higher education? Oh. <laughs> I think just being around the right people. Um, you know, all of us were doing uh, good things and we were all trying to excel and we had extracurricular activities on top of our schoolwork, you know, so we pushed each other. Um, and uh, like I said, when I played sports in high school, it gave me the background to, to manage my time well uh, with school and like playing all sports and different things and being part of different um, uh, situations. So uh, I went forward and just I, I let that uh, lead me into college and to pharmacy school and, you know, doing everything I could just to um, do the best I can. I got a quick question for you. How, what was it like at Franklin University? Um, you know, what was the energy that like? The Franklin University, it was like I did a lot of online courses, so um, it just basically worked from and uh, managing that with work. That was a different uh, aspect because I never really did online when I was an undergrad in pharmacy school. So that was different in the sense of like I'm working full time and then doing online uh, work and then meeting people from basically like this it was doing Zoom calls before Zoom was even for COVID because you had to talk to people that might have been on another side of the United States in your class. And <laughs> so it was, that was different, but it was something to get used to. It was it was interesting, though. Mm -hmm. so being from Ohio, mm -hmm. uh, what drove you to go down to Louisiana to go to the the weather, University? the weather, the food? <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> the, the culture, uh, <laughs> more black people. I, I'll be honest with you. That's, that's, <laughs> so first, that's what got me down there. Um, I've 
the funny thing is I, I probably went like um i think it was when i visited i think it was like st patrick's day weekend and they had like like still like mardi gras fest some going on i was like oh yeah i'm going here this is the place you know what i'm saying but they had fun and i can and i can learn there's a city around it but uh i'll be honest with you that was the weather was a was a big was a big uh change for me and i loved it so i was like hey i'm about to do this and then when i got to the school when i saw like um you know all the people at the school and then and met people i was like hey this is where i gotta be right Four years down there at Xavier, right? Uh, well, four plus another five. I did the, the pharmacy. I did uh, so I was down there for nine. Yeah, I did consecutive, four consecutive. Four. Yeah, four, four undergrad to five pharmacy. I, by my eighth and ninth year, I was like, let me get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot of school. That's, yeah, I can appreciate your time and I have yeah. much respect for you doing that. <laughs> appreciate it. on you, Miss Maggie. <laughs> Yeah, so can you, at the, before the interview, you were talking about how you are a PharmD, but your career has kind of like changed a little bit. So mm -hmm. can you, what, yeah, what's your current position and how, how did you get there from okay. uh, yourself? Um, well, with PharmD, you can do a lot of things with farm, with your PharmD, but um, coming out of pharmacy school, because I went to school so long, I did not want to do a residency. So I was just like, uh, let me just go straight to retail. Well, with retail, you can kind of get uh a little stressed out because you're dealing with people not on top of stuff and then i just didn't feel like i can um i was able to talk to people on a daily basis i was just basically um i went to school for all this time and i was basically just like writing i mean filling scripts and then hand it to people and sometimes you would get you know you have to deal with insurance companies and that can be the stressful part and people's you know people can be stressful when they when they're not getting the right script or when they when they're in pain you just think about it so um but i i saw myself um wanting to move to what's called a medical science liaison and basically move to administrative side of work um pharmacy and in the hospital so um I transitioned over to um, different parts. Like that's where I became the um, the cultural competence coordinator and VP uh, right there. And then I'm in the position right now where I'm the um, clinical research uh, um, program coordinator for the Institute of Genome Medicine. And right now, what we do, I you still use a lot of my pharmacy background because we use a lot of um, in in our uh, work. We take people who, like say kids who have uh, cancer or epilepsy and we use their bloodline, their germline um, to see how we can cure them other than using pharmacy. So like other than using medicine and um, chemotherapy. So me giving my aspect, my my part of the uh, the medicine and using it with their, you know, their hair, you know, their genomics, like basically like genes and everything going forth, we get to collab and um, uh, see how we can cure cancer, especially in children and maybe uh, in the future. Wow, that is super important and impressive work. That's very awesome. It, it's very, it's very rewarding, but you also, I mean, it's, it has downtimes too, because unfortunately people do pass away and you don't, you know, but you, you learn from like studying and researching on those patients um, to be able to work on the next patient who might, who, you know, who might have the same ailment or same disease. <laughs> Yeah. So while doing that work, when you deal with, with people passing away and, and things mm -hmm. like that, seeing those really sad things, how do you, how do you deal with that personally? Um, you know what, um, it, you cope because, um, you take, you might take it to heart. I have a, a son myself. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't want anything to happen. So you like, my thing is like, say if my son was sick or had cancer or something, how can I take this and like to cure him? or cure another kid, uh, ch another child that I might know, or, you know, in just anybody. And um, uh, so it, you just like, 
you know, after when you first start, you know, when you hear about it, it, it hits hard. But then going forward, you just be like, you know what? Hey, I'm here to do a job and I'm here to help people and cure and try to help cure people as much as possible. I put my part in and everybody, they know there's a whole bunch of people like there's hundreds of people on the team. So it's a it takes a village basically to, to cure it. But um, um, you just try to put your part in. And so one day that there will be a cure. Mm hmm. Nice. Yeah. So the hope kind of keeps you going. Yeah. The hope. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned serving as vice president of cultural competence for a consulting firm, I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so what, what does that entail and what does cultural competence mean to you personally? And why do you think that that's important? Okay. Um, well, cultural competence is basically like a continuous learning process. Um, I think a lot of times people think, oh, I might know everything about a certain culture or something like that. And then you get to a point and somebody stumps you, be like, oh, I really didn't know everything. And then we also think, okay, because I'm, you know, we're black, we know everything about the black culture. But then there's people who grow up in different societies or different, different uh, cultures in their community that, you know, that are different from your community. So um, it's a learning process. And when it become when it comes to medicine and um and uh healthcare you really have to know or try to learn about other people's culture um and understand where they're coming from and what what, what stresses them what might be going on like you know as you know in the black community dealing with um all the violence and uh police shootings and stuff like how how people work with that on a daily basis you know what i'm saying um so um and how the stress of that may affect their day-to-day -day lives so just understanding people and every different backgrounds. And I think that's, um, and that's great. That's why I feel like um, in every, like when in every field you need to see people of different cultures um, to, to, to help because everybody in the United States, we have different cultures in the United States. We're not just one culture and we might be Americans, but we're, you know, African-Americans, Caucasian Americans, Indian Americans. It's just, everybody is here. So we, we, and you need to see somebody that looks like you and makes you feel comfortable in that healthcare field. Yeah, definitely. Did you run up against any like issues or points of contentment or anything like that when you were in that position? In the sense of um, <laughs> issues myself? Um, yeah, I mean, because I'm like everything you're learning, you know, you, you and then when you bring up something, especially in the healthcare field, you might get <laughs> pushback because somebody doesn't want to see the same thing you want to see. <laughs> so, I mean, you're always going to have a little, little problems here and there. It may be somebody who doesn't feel the same way you feel. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I think that's some of the times that you do, you do experience that. Yeah. One of the worst things about this country is that we do not know how to agree to disagree. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it would be so much better if people could <laughs> just do that. It's yeah. the smallest thing, but it's so hard for people to agree to disagree. You always want to get your point across and make sure your opinion is felt. It's mm -hmm. fine. You know, but if I don't feel that opinion, I'm not going to hate you for it. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not my view of things. So I have a quick question, Maggie, if you don't mind, my dear. Um, you said you went to school for nine years, right? <laughs> now, we yeah. deal with a lot of teenage youth, you know, and teenage young adults. How do we get their mental state prepared to take on even the four years or even uh, the two years that come to mm -hmm. college? And what would you say to those students? And yeah, that's the hard part. That's 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 a tough one because I know one time I know with me I know a lot of people who um who I grew up with is like you like I go to college I'm, I need to make money I need to make money and I understand like a lot of us come from areas and backgrounds where we don't have enough money or you know money runs everything we in social media kind of pushes you to think oh money is the is the highlight of life 
but um i try to tell people uh you know if you have discipline the money's gonna come and go so if you if you, if you go to school for nine years you know what i'm saying you probably gonna make not good money after afterwards if you want to <laughs> but probably sometimes maybe maybe more money than you make it for you it doesn't it matters on the person that it doesn't matter but i mean and you could make less but um it's about the fulfillment of what you feel is what you want to do. Um, um, but me, I know when the nine, I got burnt out plenty of times. Um, I had to take times where I just had to get away from things and uh, take breaks, uh, take a couple of vacations um, and learn from myself. Like by the end of the, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth year, I was like, man, this, you know, this, this has to end quick. You know, I can't do this anymore. I got to make this money. And I had that that same feeling. But um, I think just the discipline and the pushing me and the drive to want to uh, reach a goal, it got me to that point. You know, I was like, hey, I got to I, I made it this far. I know I can make it another couple of years or another, another year. So, you know, mm -hmm. and I think once I made four years uh, it may, and, and received that degree, it pushed me to say, hey, let me try another degree. You know, let me try to let me try to excel as far as I can, you know, and then, you know, as, if if that's what your heart is at, then you just go for it. I think the hardest thing for us as educators in the field that we're in mm -hmm. is getting them interested in wanting to even go to college. Mm -hmm. Like you said, money is always the root of every yeah. situation mm -hmm. and with social media that's pushing, you know, the narrative. Mm -hmm. This is where OnlyFans pages come in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is where where you know hustling on the streets or yeah. scamming. And the thing that the biggest fight that you know me, John, Maggie, and Dwayne go mm -hmm. up against is trying to deter them from that and show them a legal way to do things. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear, you know, their ears are turned off when it comes to that. Yeah. So you know it's, I think that's the hardest part for us as educators is I how do we get them interested? Yeah, that's hard because I mean it's hard to tell somebody you know like the money's gonna come when you you know when you really want to see it and you you see other people around you. Well, you think other people around you have it because social media can you can they people can put out what they want you to see. You know, what I'm saying? don't mean they got it. <laughs> I'm a grown man, and at, at some point, you know, in the last like ten years ago, I used to feel like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I've I've been in plenty of times where I compare myself to other people. I'm like, dang. Like, why can I not be where I'm at, where they at right now? You know what I'm saying? And then you think about, like, I'm at my own, I got to run my own race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I got over that quick when I seen they were clean cars, you know, they were leaving. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, get out of here. I'm yeah. really, like, I bought this, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Miss Meg. Um, so, another thing I feel like we're dealing with now as educators is like that burnout you mentioned, or it looks different for kids now, but like students who are doing Zoom schools and who are just sitting in front of a computer all day mm -hmm. long. Um, so I know it's different um, when you were in school, but what did burnout look like for you? Like, how did you know you were burned out? And then like, how oh. did you choose to deal with it? I mean, I, I understand the, the Zoom stuff is is ridiculous. I, I feel for you, for you as educators, because I know it's one thing having, you know, people in class, but, you know, trying to talk them over to you know, internet or something over a computer, that's another. But um burnout for me, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I had a couple breakdowns myself, like, you know, in life. Just like I was like, man, I can't do this no more. <laughs> but then uh I think, you know, just the friends and family having my back, telling me like, you know, pushing me to go further. Uh having educators like yourselves telling me, hey, you made it this far. What's you know, what's another couple of years, what's another thing, you know, just support. I think um 
it's great when you have support and you have to find support uh, in people. Um, you have, like, as a person, if you really want to go far, you know you have to be able to, uh, um, how can I say, you know, like, be able to to reach out to people. And I know that's hard for people. I mean, that's hard for myself. But sometimes you have to be find a person or a, a teacher or a mentor to to reach out to and just say, hey, I'm not going, I don't know how I'm making it right now, but I need some help. I need your support. So that's, I think that's what it was for me. I think I had uh, friends and family who um, were, who had my back and were pushing me like, hey, you know, just giving me, you know, uh, 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 a sense of appreciation for what I've done already and where I'm going. Nice. Yeah, definitely reaching out for help is, is super important, but something that we're kind of sort of like subliminal, subliminally taught is like mm-hmm. not to do, you know, not to do it. Yeah. And you just like, man, you, you don't, I didn't use, it's hard sometimes to ask for help and you're like, dang, I can't, I, I can't do this. Like, I mean, yeah. and you, you want to, but then you're like, man, people don't think I'm weak for asking for help, but then that's really being strong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going through some stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of tough times, how have you been dealing with this year? Uh, with the pandemic and everything that's that's been going on obviously the list is endless um, but how have you been taking care of your mental health and your physical health working out going to the gym uh, <laughs> that's my thing um, when I was in school I also worked out a lot so I tried to go to the gym um, like when I, I'm, I'm very close to my family here and I have a grandmother who's a little over older in age and my grandfather's older in age so I try to see them as much as possible so I know I can't be out as much like I want to and to be safe to keep everybody safe and I you know I wear my mask and you know I'm at work I think the one thing that blessed me a lot is that I work in the hospital so I had to come to work so I did get to see a little bit outside you know where some people were stuck in the house all the time um you know but I did that was the main thing it was just if it wasn't work I was at the gym at when the gyms were open back up and in the summertime I was uh um, you know, just trying to do outdoor workouts and try to walk around as much as possible, but not be around a, a cluster of people um, as much as possible. Like, you know, I'm over the, the the club scene and all that type of stuff, but you still have to have a, a part where you're at, you know, who doesn't like to go to a, a bar here and there, you know, every once in a while, but like, you know, you still have to have a time where you, you, you're socializing with people, but you'd have to know when uh, enough too many people is, you know, and enough is enough and to be around your close. I mean, I got close friends who I hang with. We we're all in the same predicament. We all understand, like, we're not trying to be out here getting ourselves sick and maybe, uh, uh, you know, giving it to other people. So, uh, we just kind of, you know, see each other when we can and, you know, try to wear our mask all the time and just hang out as much as possible. And, and if, if it's, you know, it's, you know, deescalated as much as before, you know, but, um, we just, you know, do what we can when we can. <clears throat> yeah. What what advice do you have for our listeners and especially young people as we're going into, we already had Thanksgiving, now we're going into Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. and the other holidays that are celebrated during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What advice do you have for, for the people who might be struggling with that, like not being able to celebrate their holidays in the way that yeah. they normally do, things like that? Um, well, my only advice right now is hopefully... Like, you know, you get to celebrate it with people, like at least if it isn't the whole family, just one or two people as um, much as possible. But no, like hopefully this is a one-time thing and next year we'll be back with family and friends and, you know, uh, going forth. 
Um, you know, we were talking about uh, hopefully the next person in the office can uh, change things <laughs> um, for the future. Um, we can get that out of the way, start seeing this vaccine. I know some people are against it, some people for it, but just uh, keeping people safe. Um, but um, I would say, you know, try to keep your head up as much as possible. Um, you know, just if you have one or two people that you can hang around, maybe not be the whole family, but just one or two people that you can you can kick it with for this these two holidays, you know, you know, kick it hard with them as much as possible, you know, love on the people that who are close to you as much as possible, you know what I'm saying, who you can be around. It may not be the whole, you know, group of people or a whole gang of family that you used to be around, but just that one or two people and love them as much as possible. And we'll, you know, hopefully next year we're, we're back to our old, you know, old self where we can be with, you know, the, the families and friends, you know, in a big group. Let me ask you something because you work in a hospital. Yeah. In your estimation, do you think COVID nineteen is coming down? Is going on a downward? Or, or um, because it's bad for us here. Like, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, for us. I, it's um, it's bad out here too. And I think um, with the flu season and with everything going on, it's going up. I'm, you know, I'm hoping like that with you know when people start realizing or you know or this vaccine does come out that it does help. You know what I'm saying? If people do take it, you know, um, I think it with that, I'm I'm hoping by next summer you'll see a lot more uh less cases going on, you know, so uh, where people start taking it seriously. Um, because I know I know like one thing, society doesn't want this happen, you know, be like this forever. So like they hopefully people say realize like, hey, get this together. But I know in our in our uh state also, and I know, you know, Cali and other places that is on the rise. And I think with also with that, with the flu season, it's, it's just, um, it's not a, it, the, with the flu season, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's not helping, <laughs> not helping at all. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. I lost a couple of family members due to COVID-19. Mm -hmm. I think uh, because of their underlying health uh, issues. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I've been listening to Anderson Cooper and them saying mm -hmm. all kind of madness, right? I, I yeah. listen to a lot, of, I listen to mm -hmm. a lot of shows just to hear their opinions, I don't feel all of mm -hmm. it, but they have a they have a point. Um, we're not paying attention to the rules. That's no, pretty much. That's, a, that's the main our, thing. It's really our fault, mm -hmm. you know. Especially in Oakland, like when this thing started in March, man, the lake was popping. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like they had all the tents out, the benders are out, <laughs> everybody walking around, they dancing, they partying. <laughs> me, you know, I'm going to pick up my wife at the office, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm yeah, throwing up the peace sign to everybody outside. Like, nope. Don't even come to my window. You know what I mean? I'll just walk on. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking us as a people, I don't know if the presidency is gonna help change anything yeah. that because it's well, on us, really. It's on us. And um, like I said, if if it ain't that, um, you know, they're but they pushing this vaccine. I mean, they they push it on us like here at the hospitals, how they you know what they want to see in the future. So they I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a ticket for us to get out of this situation. But um, I mean, I hope people start thinking like, hey, let's get it together. I mean, I'm, I've been blessed. Hopefully not that I haven't received a knock on wood right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I haven't had it. But, uh, you know, I mean, I try to keep myself, you know, uh, in the right position not to not to catch it. But anybody can get it anytime. So and I think people need to realize, like, it's not just. Uh, something that's you know a little cold here for some people it might feel like that for some people but for others it can be it can be uh, a life a death sentence you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. right. the way it felt it, it felt like you know when december 30th came and it was just going to be over and you it's know a, 2021 is going to be that, brand yeah. new and nah. that was worse like what's going yeah. on 
know, so it's that's how the years been. <laughs> that's how people want this yeah, year yeah, to be. No. But I'm like, I'm trying to tell people this is gonna run over the next year. So hopefully, 2021 ends on a great note. But like the first part of it's gonna be first quarter might be a little rough too. So mm-hmm. I want to bring. Time, oh. oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to bring Dwayne on because he has a question. But finish your thought first, say, Tone. No, I was just about to say that. I was like, oh, no. I just <laughs> exploding Come off mute, dude. Yeah. So I'm glad that you start talking about the the uh, vaccine. So uh, we deal with like the direct population, I guess we will be considered some of those first responders because we work mm-hmm. inside the schools. Mm-hmm. And so due to us having so much uh, federal leadership uncertainty mm-hmm. and somebody that's just that has kicked out so many falsehoods, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't trust the pharmaceuticals yes. that are coming. So what kind of things can you tell our audiences to be when they thinking about taking a vaccine? Mm-hmm. What kind of advice can you give us so that we can educate people and say that it's going to be all right? Well, yeah. Now, with that, I can't give you, like, you know, definite information because, you know, I'm not sure myself. I'm not the one who presented the vaccine to anybody or, you know, came up with the concoction, whatever you want to do with it, whatever you want to call it. But um, I know myself in the sense of um, I know when in the African-American community, we do not like a lot of vaccines ourselves and we're not we not been the the medicine has not been great to us and especially in the past from past you know tuskegee experiment and all that but um i took a chance and i'll be honest with you um with the pfizer vaccine i was on the clinical i'm on the clinical trial now i don't know if i got the vaccine or if i got a placebo but um granted i haven't received i haven't gotten covid either so i mean hopefully that's you know now i also don't walk outside and, and just touch everybody and everything, you know, and be, and be everywhere I'm at. But I, I do wear my mask everywhere I go. But um, if I were to give people advice, um, I would say go with your heart of hearts and, you know, how you feel about the vaccine. Um, I'm not going to tell you to do it. I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, in the case, uh, I mean, I know me and my family members, we, we talked about it. Um, I know some, my father, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to get out of the country. So he's like, I'm not taking the first round, but and maybe in the summertime, I'm going to take it because he's, he's planning on going to Africa. <laughs> so he's like, I got to go somewhere. He said, hopefully other people get it together. But uh, I mean, I would probably take it myself. Um, I, um, I see where the industry is like they're trying to um, uh, to basically, you know, in this in this cycle of, of death and in the cycle of the um, COVID. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not, if I were to take it, I mean, I might not be in the first round, but I would like to see who other people will take it and see how they act, you know, how they react to it. But I mean, it's uh, it's on the people themselves. I'm Like I said, I don't want to give people the advice to say, hey, you should go take the vaccine off top. Um, it's on your heart of hearts, how you feel about what's going on um, in the world. But I do think the extensive study, uh, studying and um, testing for this vaccine is uh, good. And I think people are on it to try to make, try to help what's going on in the future, you know? So that's my, my blurb on it. I mean, I ain't gonna say like, hey, y'all should just go take this vaccine tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on the vaccine. <laughs> I, I, I don't even take the flu shot. I'm yeah, like, you know, some people, I have yeah. To go, you know? Cause it's like you're shooting me with the flu. Like, you shoot, yeah. You now, 
I do know this with this vaccine, it's an RNA study, so it's not a live vaccine. Um, so it's not um, the, the, the COVID itself. It's different um, medicines that can like that are viral medications that try to help cure a, a viral infection. So, um, so like that's what this, like with the flu shot, that is very, very much like with flu and, uh, you know, pneumonia and all those things. And like, um, um, what's the other one? Um, shingles and all those are, you know, considered live vaccines. So they have part of that, you know, um, um, that vaccine in it, you know, the, the, the part in the flu or stuff in it. And, but those been tested for years also to get, you know, to, to get to this point. So this part, they're doing a more of an RNA vaccine, which is not, uh, not a DNA, but RNA is more so to, um, like a, a, a compilation of other drugs and, you know, um, maybe some tests here and there for, to, uh, to cure the vaccine itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that are maybe like, unsure about the vaccine for various different reasons like all the things you just mentioned are super mm-hmm. valid reasons um yeah. what are some things that that people can do like while they're thinking about or considering the vaccine um to to keep themselves healthy and keep their immune system healthy keep their mm-hmm. bodies primed for for fighting infection uh, or viruses um, yeah one thing i always tell people uh working out eating right is always top two and that's with any you know, virus, um, you know, medication, disease state, always you're, when you take care of your body and you're eating, you know, healthy, um, working out. And that doesn't mean you have to be outside for hours a day, you know, 30 minutes, get your walk in, get your run in, whatever you do, you know, just try to get a little exercise in uh, three to five, you know, three times a week. Um, but eating right. And also like, you know, I would say, you know, if people take vitamins, you know, minerals here and like that. Um, I do, I do promote like vitamins and minerals as a, a person, you know, cause that mean get your, you know, blood flowing and get your body healthy. But I do promote like just the, the regular um, eating right and um, drinking your water. Water is a very big thing. Um, um, <laughs> our body is, our body is mostly water. The earth is mostly water. You know what I'm saying? Eat right fruits and vegetables, you know, and stay away from all like, you know, the sugars and stuff. So that's, that's one of the main things you can do, um, and to keep yourself healthy, you know, and just working out. And, uh, that's, um, <laughs> um, that's one of the main things that's, that can help you from catching, you know, and keep you from, um, uh, you know, getting from causing it to basically, harm you as a as a viral infection you know what i'm saying i know people who have caught uh covid who basically work out all the time and are very and eat right and also but all they had was like sniffles but they were they tested positive so i mean if it just it came off like a common cold and it only lasted them a couple of days so but you know they still quarantine and also on top of that you know make sure you wear your mask and you try, try to stay healthy you wash your hands as much as possible stay clean you know use as much um what's it called um uh what's the hand sanitizer as possible <laughs> nice yeah those are all important reminders i think mm-hmm. um like simple stuff but things that i feel like we forget with our yeah. busy lives even like even working from home mm-hmm. um, for us i feel like we're on zoom all day we're talking to a million people a day so it can mm-hmm. be hard to to remember to do that self care stuff mm-hmm. yep cool. so we have about 13 minutes left um Dwayne, do you have any more burning questions or john do you have any questions yeah i can just see how how being at home from Zoom, Tone is over there acting like, 
like he got the halo on his head. Hey man, John, John was doing the same thing. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> he got oh, yeah. me about to put on my mask in the house, but <laughs> this was pretty funny. With all it, all it. I know John got some questions. The science guy. He's a new Xavier. He's a new Xavier alum. This is his first year out. Oh, okay. Show, show Aaron that shirt you got on. You got. I saw it. He showed me. I was like, that's, that's nice. Ryan create Ryan created those. That's his Xavier Legend brand. Okay. So I say this is the little shirt. I'm trying to see. How do I get one though? I'm trying to get one. Oh, you, you got, got to link. about that. <laughs> I'll send. I'll send you the link so you can purchase it. All right, cool. Too. But yeah, um, no, it's interesting because I was I I was by pre med and there was I had one friend he was chemistry pre med and they had you know how there's like the pharmacy program where you do uh-huh. like three years of like undergrad yeah. and then you do that uh-huh. but I didn't know you don't get a bachelor's degree doing that yeah so, so I, I, was, I went and got my bachelor's I was like man if I'm gonna do three four years I might as well get the bachelor's first. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, like, I was considering that. I was like, well, you know what? I could still do pharmacy school. It'll take longer, but at least I'll have my bachelor's degree just in Uh case I don't want to commit to that. Yeah. But but I ended up, did Dr. Adams still work there when you were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, man, he blessed me with an opportunity after I graduated. He, um, so the pharmacy students had, like, a summer intensive program, and I got to work with those kids. And so- I was like, I was really thinking, like, pharmacy is interesting because, like, our chemistry lab was mm-hmm. having, like, hmm, I'm like, I could have some fun being in the lab, like, making up whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they teach you some stuff in there, and especially when you, when you get a real pharmacy, like, a research, I mean, like, uh, research, and then also, like, even in the retail sometimes, making up little concoctions here and there, you'd be like, oh, man, it's kind of cool, like, this is stuff I learned in, uh, in school, but you'd rather like you're really doing stuff like breaking stuff like medicine down sometimes. So it was cool. Like I remember, uh, I mean, it's probably about six or seven years back when the flu was real bad and uh, everybody was getting Tamiflu, but we had to make it for children. We had to make it in a, you know, suppository. So we had to break the medicine down because they were running out. So that was, that was kind of fun, you know, learning how to do that and, you know, trying to make it, you know, kids like the bubble gum flavor and adding the flavors and stuff to it all the time. So, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And so this would have been the perfect episode to have all of our youngsters that are getting in trouble for selling drugs when he gets... <laughs> we have to break the medicine down. Break the medicine like, down. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. We have to break the medicine down. Like, oh wait, I like drugs. Oh, you can play and create and mm-hmm. the legit way. Yeah. Whether they know it or not, they're they're kind of fit for that field, man. Yeah, they are. You just like yeah. just go for it. I, I should have joined that. I, you know, <laughs> what I was thinking like I already know how to cook coke. <laughs> I got to cook coke, Aaron. Like I know all these things. Maybe I can go make some Tylenol. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're right there, man. But yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that our kids get to listen to this because they need to hear somebody speak, especially on this. And what we're into these new drugs nowadays yeah they on some other stuff right now i ain't gonna lie to you i seen some i was like what y'all y'all here doing i thought it was just weed back then and other than crack but now yeah. they all, it's just now it's just it's on a whole nother level <laughs> yeah, they're mixing that and yeah. doing this you know what and killed it, me the it gets them hooked more 
cough syrup, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you drinking cough syrup? I, I yeah. just never understood never. that. Yeah. And, you know, with, with uh, we had a big heroin uh, epidemic out here, like, you know what I'm saying, going on uh, in Ohio. Um, and um, it's probably in the last, you know, it was like five, six years ago where they, uh, a lot of schools, a lot of kids in high school were, were dying from it, from the heroin epidemic, just from, you know, just being on uh, Percocet and then breaking it down and making, you know, heroin and stuff. So, mm. That is horrible. You know what? It starts with uh, what I deal with. And a lot of people that my wife knows, they're old. They're like 40, 50, but they still act like these kids out here. Oh, yeah. So they're actually condoning what they do to their with children. The, mm-hmm. You yep. know, so they're condoning like they're smoking. It kills us. Like where we work at, when we were on campuses, you know, I'll try to tell a kid, you know, you might not want to blow no weed before you get to class. I'll yeah. smoke with my moms this morning. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that too because I used to, I used to like substitute teach back in the day. Like when once on the kids, you tell me that I'm like, man, y'all, y'all really be your parents is smoked with you. <laughs> I was like, I'd rather. When I was a kid. We had a we had a run away. We had a high from like now. Y'all yeah. just y'all don't care. Like so. Mm, so. Anybody else is on you. I'm trying yeah. to go on forever on this topic. John, you got something for the brother Frank, man? Man, well. What well see, I would ask him, but I'm I'm still going like I'm still planning on going to like med school, but like I mean I guess as a fallback plan, so it's cause I'm about to take my MCAT. So maybe you could explain to me what like could I work in a pharmacy? Could I like get an entry level job in pharmacy as a Within you know, with a bachelor's of science in biology, if I didn't go to med school, yeah, you could. Um, I think it see different states are different for like you can be a tech. Um, so different states have different like different legal uh you know issues or whatever state issues that they got to deal with. But you can also be, apply to be a tech and work in a pharmacy and get that background of you know that's what I did when I was in um um. Well, the funny thing, let me tell you this. So when I was working for Kroger, and I said I worked for uh, in a pharmacy. They kind of, I don't want to tell on them, but they, uh, I was a, a cashier <laughs> in the pharmacy, but then the pharmacist taught me a lot of stuff, like how to, you know, do stuff. So I kind of learned that way. And then I became a tech. Um, so like you can be a tech in certain ways. And uh, um, so that's, and then you can use that as a background. And if you want to go into pharmacy school, you know, I mean, I feel like the funny thing is, like, I always hear a lot of med school students like, dang, I don't know how y'all did pharmacy. Pharmacy seems harder. And I'm like, man, med school might be harder. <laughs> I think it just goes back and forth. It's just what you want to do, uh, uh, the pharmacology part. But, I mean, it's all just the same. I think me, it's, just, it's basically like just when you once you get in that craft, you want to learn it. You're just going to push yourself to do it. So I think, um, I'll be honest with you, I took the MCAT. And the MCAT was what made me go to pharmacy school. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> when, I said, when I saw my school, I was like, nah, I don't feel like taking this again. Because I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a great standardized test taker. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's a culture thing or something like that. But for me, it never came, uh, never came easy. And I got kind of, I probably got flustered when I took the MCAT and I was like, let me chose for Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I chose, you know, the plan B, but I just, it was like both two. And I just kind of like, you know, I was like, maybe this is where my, my thing to go to pharmacy school because I don't feel like taking this test again. And um, I took the PCAT, too, and I did pretty well on that. So uh, well enough to get in and uh, I'm straight, you know, 
So that's a lot of cats. Jay yeah. cats. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. That's what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of giving up yeah. my money. Intimidating, <laughs> man. Like that sounds like intimidating test. Nah, you got it, bro. You got it. Just hey, just study, man. Just uh, I mean, the MCAT. Take them classes, bro. That's all it is. It's basically, like take them classes, like, and basically getting a study partner. If you do well with study people, like, that's what I should have done for my MCAT. Study more with somebody. But I learned my lesson, and that's what I did with the PCAT, and I did better. And you know, with like you know other other tests I had to take, I just know I knew at that point in time that I had to be, you know, I my thing was learn off of other people because some things you might study, you like, oh, I know this, but then you really don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? And other people will test you, and then you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know this all the way. So you know. <laughs> so taking the MCATs is your lead off into medical school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's that little test you have to get into medical school, which is I ain't gonna, I, I know a lot of people don't like it. But hey, Aaron, John, John being a little modest, that dude graduated from Xavier Cum Laude. I know he probably got it all. He's yeah, straight. He you know, it. We know he know how to take a test. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm being myself. I'm I'm telling on myself. I was I was I just passed, bro. I got. I was like, just let me walk the stage, please. Let them go. Yeah. Especially when I got the farm to graduate. Pharmacy school, I was just like, look, let me just get this class out the way. Cause out of here. <laughs> let me get out of here. Please don't tell me that this is a hoax. You better call my name in that auditorium now. Like, better call me. You straight, man. You be all right. You got it. No, but, I mean, I, you want to know something that surprised me? I've been doing, so I, like, I wish I had a study partner, but, you know, with, with, mm-hmm. with like this. With all the stuff going on, yeah. But. I've been doing so much background research into like, like what admissions committees look for and everything. Because yeah. they want a well-rounded person also in med school. I noticed, I know that they want to, they don't want you just to have, because um, I got a few friends who went to med school, like best friends, and um, they'll let you know, um, they, they want a well-rounded person. They want, they, I mean, your score has to be, you know, pretty good, but if you have extracurriculars and doing all other stuff, you you'll be straight. You know what I'm saying? They don't want nobody who's just, you know, uh, a high test taker and then has no, you know, especially nowadays, I think with all this stuff going on, being culturally confident and understanding what's going on, I think yeah. that plays a plays a part in in going to med school and, and being a doctor. Definitely, which is why like and plus like I don't know. I look at I just look at how going to a HBCU actually turned out to be best because I didn't go to Xavier at first. I transferred. Oh. I was okay. at Oregon. I went to Oregon State first. Okay. And then I transferred. And yeah, and so I <laughs> back and I'm like, man, that's probably one of the best things I ever did. Because I don't know if I – because, like, Xavier, I got so many more opportunities. I got to be a supplemental instructor. I got to co-teach a class. I did so, research. You know, I was so. able to do so much more just because, like, of how it was set up. So, so, yeah. And that's why I said, like, I was blessed to go there. Like, I, like when I when I visited that one time, I, I mean, I felt like at home, and that was like probably the, I know it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So, yeah. You know. I have one more question. Going back to your, um, you're doing the trial for one of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. ever find out, like, after you do the trial, whether or not you got the placebo or the actual vaccine? I hope so. I mean, they, they <laughs> I filled out all this paperwork and I mean, I mean, they, they sent me a check too. So I was happy about it. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's hey, in clinical trials does come a little money, but I mean, but, uh, um, yeah, I think that they'll tell you like after a certain amount of time, like what you get, what you had, 
So got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Cool. Well, we have one minute left. Does anyone else have any last questions? I'm sorry, y'all. My son gave me a call, so I had to step out for a minute. <laughs> this is my oldest son. Uh, Ati, say hello. <laughs> yep. See? <laughs> but on my end, uh, Brother Brunson, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Appreciate it. All these Xavier rights makes me want to go back to schools. So <laughs> I've already I've already took my real estate classes. I'm waiting to take my license test there. And, you know, I was flirting with the idea of heading to a university with my wife last night. Oh, okay. Why can't I go back to school? She was like, why can't you? I was like, well, don't push me. <laughs> yeah, you know I, mean? like, I, I might do that. So yeah, I just it's very inspirational to talk to somebody like yourself, brother. And appreciate I'm very you. grateful to have Dwayne and uh John as our Xavier Wright alumni, yeah. always thank keeping you. us with our fingers on the pulse. So thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all having me. I, I really enjoyed this, man. I gotta do more. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to promote today before we get off the call? Um, you know what? Just take care of yourself as much as possible. That's all I'm going to say. Like, you know, you know, everybody out here stay safe as much as possible. You know, try to, uh, you know, enjoy life as you know much as possible also and uh, be blessed. That's nice. Nice. I love that. Well, thank you so much again to Dr. Aaron Brunson. This was an awesome conversation. Um, I'm just going to close out now with the reminder I always give. You can listen to all the episodes of We The Scenario on Spotify, Apple, Anchor Podcasts, and YouTube. And you can follow us on Instagram at We The Scenario Podcast, Mentoring on the Fly, and We Lead Ours. Our wonderful sponsors are Toupay, Oakland Unified School District, the Bay Area Seminoles, and We Lead Ours. Um, that's all I have for you today. I'm Maggie B alongside my host, Tony Siona and everyone have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week. All right.